All righty, all righty. Welcome to the Financial Trio Podcast. I'm here with my two guest hosts. Not guest hosts, co-hosts. Oh my goodness. It's because we have guests coming. <laughs> we have guests coming. So it's been yes. on my back of my mind. Oh, she looks down on us now. Like, that's why she felt like. She was like, like inbound. She's like, other people that's on here? Who cares? <laughs> no, it's because we do have guests coming, which is actually a good thing that we should talk about. We do have some people that we're going to share their financial stories, their journeys. And I think um, Alance is doing a great job of meeting all the great people she met at FinCon and pulling them into the Financial Grio podcast, because I think it's cool that you guys hear our stories, um, you ladies and gentlemen, not guys, we're really trying to change that. Ladies and gentlemen, hear our stories, but I think it's definitely good to get insight from other people on how they make their money moves. I think um, money is not monolithic. Everybody has a different path. And so hopefully well, we can share those stories. So Lance and Lawrence, how are y'all doing on this beautiful day? Doing amazing as always. When you I'm got grateful. Money, days are always good. <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm good. I'm healthy. Um, it's hurricane season here. A lot of rain on and off. But I'm I'm good. I can't. I have no complaints, really. I'm good. I'm here with you all. Let's go. Yeah. And, and I guess for me, it's, it's been a long, tra- you know, a long week because I don't like necessarily traveling, coming back soon to work. And it just feels like I'm drained out. And I'm finally getting to a space where I'm, you know, figuring out life again. So I'm back in the driver's seat. I'm supposed to have a par- uh, a presentation today for Yeah, Haitian I'm just about to ask money. you about that. So yeah. it's going to go down, you know, so we're recording. But then after that, I'm just going to do my thing, switch uh, switch over and try to sell the financial griot to a larger audience. Keep, awesome. keep working, keep moving. Love it. Um, Lawrence, before we get into this FinCon inbound conversation, you're about to speak and you've had a couple of speaking engagements overall. What in 2023 are you looking to do different, if anything? In 2023, what I'm looking to do is actually um, get a certification. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's going to set me apart. Um, at least set, set me in the direction I want to go. Uh, one of the things is either getting a CFP or AFP. Um the AFP is an accredited financial planner, but the CFT is a certified financial planner. Um, I'm actually more so leaning towards a certified financial planner because I could go and attend uh, Howard D. Howard University, um, a great university, obviously, uh, above, above bar, you know, one of the best HBCUs in the land, better than wherever uh, Atlanta went to. And <laughs> just to kind of stick it to her. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to end up getting my certificate and I'm going to do the exam. And then it's going to give me a little bit more credibility. I'm going to start um, officially really kick off and launch the business um, as either um, basically because I'm, a, I'm both a minority and also a veteran. So try and do that and also work through the government as a contractor. So we'll see. It's going to be a side gig. It's going to be an opportunity. I think it's going to really open up the spaces and I want to make more money. Awesome. How long is it going to take you to do? Um, how, how long is it going to take you? It shouldn't take me that long. I think once I get into one the payment and actually um, registering, um, I've been studying this kind of stuff for the last 10 years. It's not yeah. a lot in the financial literacy space that surprises me or I haven't heard of. So I don't anticipate a lot of issues with it. I'm just picking up. I'm basically just I'm stopping by, tossing some cash, picking up my certificate and then keeping it moving. And okay. after that, I'll be able to really share a lot more and with more distinction to uh, larger media outlets and hopefully kind of boost up the the blog and really bring uh, additional credibility to what we're doing at the Financial Brio. That's dope. Um, I think it's important. The reason why I wanted to ask that question is I think when we're talking about last time, we're talking about opportunity costs and going to like 
things like FinCon, Inbound, um, and just investing in ourselves forward, I think the audience needs to understand like the stuff that just doesn't happen overnight. These are breadcrumbs. And so how was FinCon? What did you feel that was like the top three things that happened that made you feel like, oh, this was worth it? Or just funny things that happened that you enjoyed? Um, so it was my first time attending uh, FinCon. I think one of the the best thing I do enjoy just all around is not just the relationships and people that you meet, but there's a sense of authenticity, like authenticness, if that's even authenticity. The word. Is there the, you go you know, for for the non Haitians. <laughs> So people are very like genuine and majority of people are very down to earth and they're so willing to help, you know, um, asking you about your brand or the reason that you're doing it. And it doesn't seem like far apart of where you are and where they were at some point. Right. And I really like that aspect of just meeting so many um, different um, mini influencers, big influencers. Um, So that was a really cool um, aspect of it. And just seeing people outside of the realm of, you know, the digital space, because you can actually physically see them, talk to them, have a conversation with them, kind of get a sense of their, um, you know, energy. So that was really cool because people I follow online, I was able to um, talk to them in person. Even some of the people that we have interviewed here on the Financial Grill podcast, we were able to kind of, you know, chop it up in person have conversations so that was really good it kind of like this this community not only a digital community but a physical community um so that was a a great i guess overall theme Um, i think the second thing was and one of my highlights was actually um one of the young ladies that i met at FinCon, I, I can tell you guys about that story later, how that relationship is coming full circle. But um, we were just chopping it up at like a random meetup because we were going to meet, going to a session that we both, you know, I guess it wasn't the, the, the right day or something. <laughs> so we both uh, confused the dates and we we're just chopping it up. And like all these other women were looking for a specific um, podcast meetup. They didn't know where it was located. So they seen us sitting there and it just came all around. us. like, you know what? Let's just do it. And like just a massive woman of color, like different, um, different platforms just came who were doing podcasts and us introducing ourselves, us, you know, just exchanging information. It was just so like for me in that moment, it was just so enlightening and so refreshing to see people that look like you, who are women, who are in the podcast space, who acts who has this purpose or this uh, ambition to share financial literacy, to share different um, platforms of their community in, in different niches, because we, I met, you know, Spanish speakers who are also translating to just English, trying to reach out to their community. And I met other women who are, you know, specifically targeting, you know, foster kids and all these other great platforms and um activities they're doing so for me that that really highlights my moment because it it kind of solidified that it's bigger than me <laughs> you know like financial literacy is bigger than me uh personal finance is bigger than me and the wealth gap that we always discussing is something that you can't put a number on you can't physically touch and we know that but it it's in those moments in creating those community and relationships and having those conversations, you can feel like it can, you know, lessen the gap 
because of that, because it start with conversations. And that was like this, you know, grander, you know, moment for me at FinCom is doing that and positioning myself to do that as well, because it was a little overwhelming meeting that many people, but I felt welcome. I felt safe and I felt like, you know, this is where I belong. And I think it kind of like, um, for me, the introspection of just trying to understand my purpose a little bit better. So it, it was absolutely great. And, you know, Lawrence spent a little cash and lunch on me. So I didn't have to spend that much money. <laughs> Ah man, oh that's the thing I remember too. Like, hey, that hotel was not playing. That with that, that, that hotel was that expensive. parking lot was legit. Like they literally they you drive in, they they say self parking, but they don't tell you how much you're gonna pay until you actually clock out for the day or whenever you decide to take your car. It is twenty five dollars and fifty six cents per day. I'm not quite sure where they get the fifty six cents. So that that really pisses me off because it's like just make it twenty five, make it clean. But they're like twenty five fifty six. That's the amount. But you but know, even time- even if you're a guest, it's seventeen dollars. Oh man, that's nasty. no, no. I'm sorry, not a guest. Yeah, if if, if you are um, a hotel guest, it's seventeen dollars for self parking. Yeah, yeah. You you park. You anytime that you take out the car, you have to basically. It's not for the entire day because some places like hey, you you know bought for the day, you could leave and come back at your whim, but not this kind of place. This place is like once you leave and you come back, that's another twenty five fifty six. Well, they break in. They break in. You know, I, I I'm double charge. Right. Because I I didn't stay at the um, designated conference uh, location. I stayed like, you know, probably 10 minutes away at another uh, Marriott. So they charged me being a a hotel guest, like 11. It was $11 there. I fell born. I fell born. (laughs) Yeah. 11. Then I went to the actual conference. That's 25. I'm I'm double, double. Let me tell you something. Really utilize these credit cards. Because <laughs> I have, so in, in my case, since I, I have a travel uh, credit card, that's 5% each. So it really works in my benefit. But dang, your girl did not like the bill when I, got, when I checked out. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For myself, for the entirety of the FinCon, I just love to be around, you know, the people that are kind of in the same um, boat as we are, like the, that community of people that really think about financial literacy, building wealth, a little bit more intentional with our time, a little bit more focused on what we want to accomplish and what we want to see in the world. And on top of that, for me as well, if she, if Atlanta didn't notice it, I was actually around just to take photos here and there, you know, like whenever she was kind of in that group where the ladies kind of started gravitating together, I took photos because sometimes it's, it's good to be player two. Or even player three, it's just to be a supporting character in somebody else's story where you're trying to help everybody else out. So, because I've already, you know, went through my first FinCon, I already had this experience of, in a wholeness. This time I was just there, really kind of a little bit more relaxed. I, I, I came in sometime with my my vanilla raw latte, you know, sipping sipping it out here, for, coming from the cafe, loving it. And I was just kind of enjoying what people were saying. I was trying to see who was really about something. And I think at this point, too, we started really making some um, earnest connections with people that might have seen us before or we might have been on their podcast before. And that was also great. And I guess the last memorable thing was actually running into um, the same day when I got there trying to do the registration. I actually almost registered in the wrong place because there was another conference and it was like an MLM. It's interesting to see really? how, yeah. I, you no, didn't tell me that. No, I, no, I, I just went left because I, I thought oh, it was the okay. first thing there. So I'm standing in the line. She's like, no, this is not the FinCon. I'm like, okay, what is what is this? And that's when I realized like, oh, this is why I see a lot of people of color here because they're at a marketing MLM type of thing. Because at first I thought, oh, like, wow, there's a lot of black people out here at FinCon this year. This is going to be nah. fun. <laughs> this is interesting. 
interesting. <laughs> I was like, nope, they were all there for that MLM. It was actually kind of sad, but it really opened up our eyes, to, at least for myself, to say that we need to do a lot more to get people away from the Get Rich Creek schemes and to get them into spaces where, you know, their money is working for them. It's actually really sad to know that some of these people were old. Some people were like, you know, um, I guess in a wheelchair, like uh, whatever it is. And I'm like, you guys are spending a lot of money and you're doing the best you can. But in the end of the day, it's actually all for not. And for me, at, at least that kind of reinvigorates me to create better content or even try to figure out ways that I could uh, do more as far as grants or even do um, financial literacy conferences any idea to really get it off the board because this is not this can't be it for a lot of people you work too hard for your money to be just you know tossed away in some get rich quick scheme ironically enough where um i it's probably because i google it it's probably a handful not even of the presenters who you know quote quote said they're millionaires whereas we actually have multiple millionaires at the fincon uh conference right and it is you can see this in-depth amount of just differences when it when it came to fincon and this other conference that was uh taken by so for us it's it it is disheartening because I sat there and remember I was texting you guys in the group message. I said that I just needed a, a time away for so many people for a second. And I just realized just so many people, but not only black people specifically, but a lot of women, it had to be at least 80, 80, 80 to 90% of women, black women have that. So it's, it, it was a, it was a bit disheartening as well because, you know, FinCon does have a multitude like more bigger now of Black digital content creators, but not as much as the attendees for this MLM. So that that was something I really noticed. Yeah, I think definitely from the conversation that you guys were putting in the group, it's um, it's noteworthy that a lot of people noticed that, like, hey, there's an MLM going in here. And there's a whole bunch of people, but here's the actual information that's really going to give you longevity and wealth. And maybe people are not even aware that FinCon exists, right? Because it's not in there either. And it's not. that's the one thing about the MMLMs. They are good marketers. They are aggressive. They will hunt you down in the Starbucks line. They will do what they need to do. Whereas this other side is more so like, hey, this is good information. It's good that you may know it, but you still have to be motivated to do it in the long term. And one of the things that one of the mentors that I listen to all the time, he says, the problem is that everybody wants to get there quick and not realize that's actually the vulnerability. And typically, because you want to get there quick, you probably never get there. Whereas when you're talking about building wealth and longevity, it requires patience. It requires being methodical. And it's more so not passive, but it's more, more, it's, um, I think um, Rami says that all the time. It's like when you're actually investing the way you you actually really need to, it's not something that you're doing every single day. Whereas when people talk about like day trading or, you know, MLMs, they're talking about quick every single day, you got to hustle, hustle, hustle. Whereas building wealth longevity is more so planning and building systems around what you do. And that's not something that you're maybe looking at every day. It's constant decisions that you already put in the back end like automatically removing 8% out of your check to put in your 401k, rebalancing it maybe every quarter or every two months or whatever, but it's not necessarily an everyday fast turnaround, like fast food. It's something that actually needs to be marinated. And I think that's probably the reason why a lot of people don't gravitate towards it. How did you like, well, we can switch the gears here. We don't want to put too much energy into the MLM because that's honestly, that could be another episode in itself. Um, how did how did you enjoy... Um, well, at least a bit of uh, your 
away I'm, because I feel like it's still like hitting me because I think the moment that really like although you know like you have all these big names and that I thought was going to be like okay that would be cool but what really really hit me about it's pretty much similar to you all was that how much people of like our tone black people that are not in these spaces but there were so many opportunities and when I speak about opportunities I'm not even talking about if you're a business owner if you're in your career you had um a couple of tech companies that were there that they were doing interviews on the spot we're talking about like entry-level positions to up to director-level positions and sometimes I'm in that moment that one scene that I was like I think captivated me was there, there a couple of tech companies that were there and then people were like going through the interviews and stuff like that. So I talked to one of those ladies and I was like, how was this? She's like, yeah, I got an offer. And then I started to realize like sometimes when we talk about the game being rigged, this is what we're talking about. Being in that space, she was already in the market anyways, but now she got an offer. So even if you saw this job on LinkedIn, you're not in the spaces to be able to even have access to something like that. And it really made me realize like a lot of times where opportunities are not going to just come to our door. They're not going to just come to find us, but we do need to be out there. And what the CEO of um, HubSpot hosts Inbound. HubSpot is a CRM, which is a customer relationship management. HubSpot in 2020 made $883 million. They're pretty much ranking almost a billion dollars in net revenue. They are a software as a service, which is SaaS. I'm giving these languages because these are companies that you people think when you hear tech company, they think of like tech company, meaning that if I'm not a person that has tech skills that I can't work, they, they hire HR people, they hire customer support people, they hire in, in different verticals. And the average salary there is $75,000 and above, the average. I think the only one that's a little bit further down is like if you're doing entry-level first year out of college, and I think they start you at fifty five dollars or 60000 I say this because on the one end, I'm looking at through the lens of business, but the other hand, I'm looking at it through the everyday person. Like These are the environments that sometimes like people are like, well, I'm not making enough money, I'm not doing this, but here's these opportunities. And what was cool was that the lady that... Um, is the new CEO of HubSpot. She's an Indian woman. Her salary is a $3 million salary plus bonuses, plus all this stuff. And as a woman of color being in tech, and that's like a really, really big deal. And getting to have conversations or for some reason serendipity where you, I don't know what happened, like you get to talk to this person and the sentiments that you've had internally is that when you get there, when you're a person of color or you're a woman, minority, whatever you want to label that, you may not be the person they look to in the beginning, but when you get results, there's no way that people won't look towards you. They have to. And at that point, you get to, you have a couple of options. Do you want to open that door for the people behind you? And if there's one thing in this experience that I've taught, like learned, was this like, I am the person that hasn't want to go to the next level because I've always said to myself, well, I need to refine this one part of me. I want to refine this. And then starting to have conversation with people. And they looked at me and said, you need to be doing this times a hundred because I can tell that you have the, you have the guts, you have the knowledge. And these are people that are way ahead of you. These are people that are running a hundred million dollar companies. These are people that are far, far ahead of you looking at you and says, 
I need you to sit there and come to this meeting with me. I need you to be exposed to this next level because I can tell that you have it in you. And it is the affirmation or the confirmation that you didn't know that you needed to be in those spaces. Cause some of the ideas that I have, I'm like, it's not working yet. God, like, how is it going to work? Because I need this. I need that. And it's like, no, you actually don't need more resources. You need more belief. You need to go pitch it. Like you believe it. And you're going to get the yes. Like recently had this little contract conversation. This lady came back. It's like, no, I would need to figure out how to expand this because I can already tell just from our one hour conversation that the results we're going to get from this is going to be phenomenal. And we need to figure out how can we expand this? I wouldn't have had that opportunity if I wasn't in the space. I wouldn't have been able to see what's possible from like talking to someone that started a consulting firm and they say, hey, I started it with 10,000. Now we're making 5 million, 6 million every quarter, like having these conversations and seeing the, like the business model behind these businesses, it helps you because you can know what's possible, but seeing the playbook, seeing how it's done, it really is something that's just freaking transformable. So HubSpot is amazing at what they do. They have, um, I'm also considering doing their MBA internship, um, because um, I just think that just being even more exposed is not going to keep time because I could do it during the day. But either or wherever path I end up taking, if there's one thing I can come out saying is that you have to be willing to be in some of these spaces. Just be in the space because the conversations you hear, the inspiration is not what I'm talking about. It's real, actionable. You need to do this. You need to talk to so-and-so. Here's their number, not their email. Here's their number. I'm putting you in a group chat right now. Here's a VC that's looking to invest $10 million this year in these type of businesses. Here's so-and-so that does X, Y, Z. That's different between me Googling somebody and knowing that they raise money or they give money in VC. It's different when somebody gives you the contact and say, hey, tell Tom that, I sent you and I'm already going to talk to him. I text you. That's what I'm talking about. There's one thing to network on the level that you know so-and-so is doing VC. It's a completely other different thing when you can have somebody do the intro for you. And so be in the spaces, have the conversations. Um, it opened my eyes to what's possible. Boston has a big healthcare firm type of thing. They, they big on that. They have a lot of projects like I talked to you guys about. They have all these million dollar funds that are just people are just not wasting, but could be done better by people like us. But we're not in the rooms. We they don't know. They honestly don't even know there's a neighborhood finance guy that's doing financial literacy and they're looking for somebody. They're looking for somebody to pay. Hey, twenty thousand dollars. Can you do this workshop? There's an um, economic development down the street. They're, they have a $5 million fund to help small businesses excel. And they're looking for people to execute marketing classes and they're willing to pay $5,000. You're not in the room. You're not in the room. So that's like kind of like the biggest thing for me. Be in the room, even if it's investing. It may not turn over right away, but be in the room and be willing to have the conversations that can probably potentially change your life. Not necessarily only financially, but showing you what's possible. So that's my 25,000 minute speech. <laughs> yeah, it makes our, um, our conversation about FinCon sounds very like, uh, very low brow. She's actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, she's like, yeah, yeah, I was actually making real money out here. Lawrence, I was making real cash. 
Yeah, uh, I think um, no matter which space that we were in, I think we we all gained something from actually stepping away from, um, I guess, working from home or even working all um, all the time. And I would recommend anybody to really start seeing the conferences that really resonate with you uh, and to try to get into those spaces. Because just like uh, Lovely just stated, some of these places is where people make real great connections. They change their jobs. They, you know, create new businesses and really open up the, the sky for them in regards to what is possible in the world. And you have to be in those spaces. You can't be always on the sideline, you know, throwing throwing shade or throwing uh, sticks and stones, you got to be in the rooms where the decisions are being made and people are actually communicating. I will add to, I will add to is when I was younger, I used to look at like different conferences. Oh, that may be something I want to, I'm interested in going. And I used to always be, I guess, I would discourage to attend because of money. Right. I'm like, oh, I just don't have this money or I just can't do it. Or how can I, you know, pass, get around and traveling and this and that. I, I think it's, it's sometimes where we innately have these creative, you know, um, ideas and resources that we don't tap into. Right. A simple email. Um, look at the coordinate. We Google everything else. Right. Google is my best friend. <laughs> Google does not stop as you get older. Um, it, it, it just takes an, an amount of research and see what money is out there and pull in your your relationships that you do have, right? Um, look out into the Facebook groups, uh, people who are attending these conferences or just look into like different uh, scholarships. FinCon offer um, scholarship for first-time attendees, right? So those, those are things that people are you know, not aware of, but you just have to tap into things that you already know how to do and just transfer into something that you have to do for yourself because it does benefit you in terms of self-development, placing yourself out there, positioning yourself out there, like we mentioned, um, is just by starting to do so. So um, don't always just um, place it and just not think that you're not un unable to attend solely because of money, because there's always ways around it. Yeah. And also, um, like you said, there's scholarships, there's opportunities, like um, even for HubSpot, they'll do like a giveaways from time to time. They even have Black at Inbound, Black at HubSpot, whatever it may be. They have different things that they got going on. Just look into it. And I think um, we, we always laugh about this in the group that Lawrence will post something and he won't post the link to find the, like, the article or, <laughs> or the statistics. We don't know where, where the statistics come from, but I do like it in a way of like, you can find this information if you really want to, but thank you Lance for putting them for us because I don't know why he just doesn't do that. Cause he you're already always do that. He, it's so annoying. It's like so annoying. <laughs> screenshot sent over. No, no link, no girl. link, no nothing. I'm, I'm not here. How is it annoying? It's challenging. <laughs> it, it, it helps you grow. Whatever. Growth. Yeah, yeah, growth. yeah. <laughs> That's growth. But I do think there is something to say, like how people will spend hours to learn a TikTok dance, like a routine, like the new ones, which is fine, which is cool. You like to dance. It's not a problem. But then we'll say like, well, I don't know how to do this other thing. And it's like, well, the same muscles in your brain are, are working together to learn a dance or to learn something. You just made it fun. For example, I'm taking like economics right now and the stats and accounting which is like, you know, pillars to financial literacy in terms of like businesses. You got to understand how the economics works. You have to understand how statistics play a role in decision-making. You have to understand accounting, right? The reason why now I think if I would take the, maybe if I was taking those classes 10 years ago, I'd be like, uh, 
Now it's exciting because I'm relating it to my day to day so that when I do grow my business, as I grow into different leadership roles, bless you, as I grow into different leadership roles and other things, I have this knowledge to apply to a day to day thing. So we need to learn how to link, hey, maybe budgeting right now is not fun, but you want to budget so that you can have this other outcome. So link it to something important so that you can learn and do it. Because sometimes you'll say, oh yeah, I don't have time to learn this. And it's like, you do because you learned how to use Instagram. When it came out, nobody knew how to use it, but you learned. You learn how to use TikTok. You, you learn how to use all this other stuff because it's fun. So the same way, put that energy towards something that's going to give you a bigger return. And I'm going to say this, it has nothing to do with anything that we talked about. I'm not against anyone trying to do content creation or using that as a way to eventually make a living, but please do not count that as your only path. You have to think about longevity and you have to figure out what skills, if you are doing it, how that's going to work. Um, so you just want to be able to do those different things. So that's what I wanted to, to, to add, like whatever you are doing, whether it's investing in a conference, investing in going out somewhere, investing in anything, please, please, for the life of us, all of us, think through some things. I was writing my, in my journal recently and I said, lovely, just think through it. Just think through it. You cannot fix everything at once but you can dictate that you do not want to be in the same position five and 10 years from now. You want to grow. You want to be better. So invest in yourself forward. And that's it for me. Ben Khan that's and it inbound. for me too. <laughs> yeah, I, could, yeah, I could close it out. Alrighty. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that everyone had a good time. You can find me anywhere on Lovely Mardellis and of course the show page notes. Thank you once again, guys, for listening to TFG, another great episode. You can find me on all the interwebs at Atlanta. It will be on episode notes. And you can find Lawrence, because I think Lawrence out here sneezing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sinuses you coming can through. find Lawrence at the Neighborhood Finance Guy anywhere at the .com, also on IG and LinkedIn as well. Thank you for listening to the Financial Griot Podcast powered by the Wealth Builders Collective. 